This is episode 35 of Collector's Quest, and today we have Wiggy from Rose Colored Gaming, and he talks to us about the history of Rose Colored Gaming, some of their amazing products, and you can find those amazing products on rosecoloredgaming.com. They have shirts, original artwork, they have custom display stands for just about every portable system and the cartridges that go with them. They have custom consoles on the way. They've got a lot of great stuff, a lot of great accessories, and they are always putting more stuff out. And Wiggy will tell you why later in this episode. So be sure to check them out. All of their stuff is of the highest quality. This is stuff I have in my personal collection, so I am vouching for them 100%. All right, everybody. Remember, if you like this episode and what we're doing, please go ahead and give us a rating on iTunes. Also, if you are listening on YouTube, go ahead and be sure to like and subscribe. Uh, we're going to refine this a little bit more. We're still in the beta phase of this, but stay tuned. Wiggy's coming up next. This is Collector's Quest, episode 35, and we are here with Kat and a guest. Hey, Kat, how's it going? It's going good, and it's like you said, not just you and I today. We actually have a really exciting guest that a lot of people will know from Instagram and beyond. Uh, we have Wiggy here with us from Rose Color Gaming. Hey, Wiggy, how's it going? Good, how you doing? Good, thanks for coming on today. We really appreciate that. Thanks for having me. We're really excited to hear um, about your business and all the things that you guys do. I know I'm always interested when I see something pop up on my Instagram feed because you guys do a lot of really unique things. And um, it seems to be something that I talk to people and they automatically know who you guys are, which is amazing. Oh, that's good. That's good to hear. <laughs> so I guess the most logical place to start is when did this happen? Um, when did Rose Colored Gaming become a thing and, and how did it become a thing? Uh, I think it, I think officially it became a thing. I think it was October 2012. I actually started a blog at that point. But um, I had I had actually been in a car accident. I was really into car stuff. A car accident in 2011, and my friend died, and it kind of put me off the whole scene. And I was I and then I and I lost my job at some point. The place just downsized. I uh, and uh, I had a. Uh, been, I was at home. My wife was making good money, and she's like, "Well, if you just want to kind of clean the house and, you know, do whatever, go for it." You know, and I was pretty bummed. I wasn't, I wasn't in a good place mentally, and I'd always loved video games. And before I'd gone to college, I collected for a long, long time, and I sold a good chunk of my collection in college, which afterwards was depressing but necessary. So after the car accident, I'd, I'd started messing with video game stuff. I pulled it all out of boxes, and I was playing with it, and I was going on different websites looking at what people were doing, and. I saw that people were modifying these Game Boys and I was like, and Neo Geo Pockets and whatnot. And I think the first thing I did was front light a Neo Geo Pocket for myself. And I, I did and have still, still do spend a lot of time on the coverproject.net. And I was posting some pictures of what I was doing. And someone was like, hey, can you make me one? I was like, sure. And then someone else was like, hey, can you make me one? And I was like, sure. And someone, and it just kept happening. And all of a sudden I needed a website. So I hired on an old friend to help me build the website. And things kept growing while he was building it. And I was like, hey, do you want to just stay on? And he was like, yeah. And he's still with me. Um, and, it, and it just kept growing. And then my wife kicked us out of the house because it was, like, too much. It was taking over the house. And uh, now we're now we're in a pretty – we're in, like, a 2,400-square-foot, like, uh, industrial space. And I've got four – I think four employees now? Four, I think. Yeah, three full-time, one part-time. And, 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 yeah, and lots of equipment and, and lots of stuff to do. So – like I've, like a lot of people in this field that do this stuff, I started as my own personal hobby and became my job. <laughs> but that's amazing because that's a really great way to do something you love every day. And the times that it is really time consuming or you're working longer or a project takes longer, you can still love it even when you hate it. <laughs> totally. That's exactly it. People are like, oh, that must be the best job ever. I'm like, it is, but it's really hard. And as it grows, as you can imagine, it just gets more stressful and I have to manage more people and manage more bills. But it's still great. I mean, I never... There's never a day where I'm like, I hate my job. You know, it's just like, I don't want to go into work today, but, you know, whatever. It'll, it'll be over and tomorrow will be better. A job is still a job. Though. Yeah, I exactly. Mean, even, even if you love it, a job is still a job. You are beholden to people. There's inherent stresses that come with it, even when you love it. Right. Like, I think people forget that, that there is a certain stress level behind 
every job, even if you love a job. Yeah, and there definitely is. And I often meet people like, that must be really great. I'm like, you know, like as if, as in that must just be really easy. And I say, like, well, it's great, but it's not easy. Right. No, no, nothing good is easy though. Right. I, I tell that to people all the time, actually. So yeah, you know, and I, I'm not, I don't like easy anyway, so that's fine. <laughs> I get really bored if it was easy. So. Um. So I'm interested to know, obviously, how the name of the company came came along. Uh, I early on I was once I I was getting ready to put a blog up I was like well I guess I better have a name for it and I had a few ideas and that one popped into my head and I kind of doodled out some little logo things and I I texted little, a few pictures to some friends I've had for a long time and asked them and and I was I was kind of going back to RCG and then most of my friends that saw it were like yeah do that and you know it just kind of kind of stuck it wasn't something that was really really deep or well thought out it was just like okay i gotta have something because it was it was the point it was a kind of d-day i'm like i need this so i can have a url and, so uh, it came from necessity as opposed to like oh this has a big sentimental meaning or whatnot totally yeah well that's fair that that has to happen sometimes right <laughs> yeah yeah and it worked so well and obviously it's doing fine so yeah <laughs> no, no you know. problems yeah, if well, you make a I'm... good product it kind of doesn't matter what the name is like look at the best selling cars in the world they have the most boring names so Civic and Camry and Corolla. Accord uh, right. is, is what I drive. Yeah, and, uh, it's a great car. It's not exactly exciting. Yeah, they could call it the poo-poo, and if it's a good thing, it, people will keep buying it. <laughs> so. Exactly. It doesn't matter what the name is as long as the product behind it is good. Yep, yeah. So from what when you started, did you start with a certain kind of category of these are the things we're going to do, and how has it expanded, or have you explored different avenues as you've kind of built the company and, and things have continued to get bigger and bigger? Yeah, it started really, like I said, with modding, modifying Neo Geo Pockets, and then a fellow in China had figured out how to make a little adapter cable, as you guys may have seen, to, to put old uh, backlit Game Boy Advance SP LCDs into the original Game Boy Advance that has what many people think, including myself, a better form factor and more ergonomic. ergonomic. And those were huge for us for a long time. And we did, let's see, we did some Wonder Swans, we did a lot of Game Boy Colors, Neo Geo Pockets, of course. So that was, for a long time, really it. Uh, and as things grew, I actually... I had come to find that Spencer from Time Walk Games and Dave, for that matter, from Time Walk Games were about an hour away from me, which was kind of funny because a fellow in Australia who knew us both put us together. He's like, you know, you live really close to Spencer. And uh, so then we started doing some repro stuff with him. And actually, after Time Walk shut down, he came and worked here with me, actually, for about nine months on some projects. And as things have gone on, we've tried right now what we're really working towards is having as many sustainable products as possible. Uh, modifying the old Game Boys and old systems in general, you're dependent upon, obviously, what's out there in terms of supply. I can't just go to Best Buy and buy 30 Xbox, or 30 Super Nintendos as if they're Xbox Ones or anything. <coughs> and, uh, and it just got, it, it started to get kind of tricky, you know, sourcing this stuff. And then the LCDs for those backlit Game Boy Advances dried up. So those were no longer a product overnight. And then, we really were, we really made the decision to, to move on with some stuff that's sustainable. So one of the things we did for a while and we're trying to get back to are the, the joysticks, the arcade type joysticks. We've got a lot of laser cut stuff now. We have a couple laser cutters here and those have been immensely helpful in helping us create products that don't require insane amounts of labor. Cause that's, that's another big problem we're running into is everything we're doing was requiring tons of labor and, it still does, unfortunately, in many ways. But we've got like products like the display stands and whatnot, which are laser cut, uh, which really buffer buffer the cash flow, so that I can spend too much time on things like those Super Nintendos that we're doing right now. And we're hoping to move on to some stuff that you know, uh, some bigger stuff. Because right now it's kind of like a month to month thing. Like, okay, we've got to make this so we can have enough income for this and blah blah. But we'd like to. We'd like to do something that would require some outside capital, either by doing a crowdfunding thing or looking for some, you know, uh, some venture capital or something, uh, something bigger. So we've got some ideas, nothing solid yet, but we know we can't do what we're doing right now forever. And we definitely can't grow significantly without moving on to something bigger. It just requires some capital. Otherwise, you know, we can't sustain ourselves. So, Right. 
But that's kind of interesting to see the progression and see all the things that, you know, have happened since what you started to what you do now. I know um, Johnny's got a few favorite pieces, (laughs) (laughs) which, um, you know, I guess we all have things we gravitate towards. But I think the thing that I like, and it's evident when you see uh, pictures and, and talk to people who have your products, is the quality is really there. So what's the design process like? Do you start with, is there an inspiration that you lean towards a material and say, this is awesome, and then the idea comes after, or, or how does it kind of come to life? It's uh, sometimes a mixture of things. I have, I have a fellow working here now uh, named Chris. He's been here for, I think, about nine months. And he's he's a lot younger than I'm 38. He's, he's I think he's in his like early mid 20s. So uh, and he grew up on Pokemon and whatnot. And I did not. I was I think 19 or 20 when Pokemon came out. So I don't have all the nostalgia. But he often has like some neat ideas and uh, and that I wouldn't have thought of. So it's great. And he's you know he's not as fluent in the equipment and tools that we have here. So you know he'll pass stuff on to me and you know usually I try to work towards uh, you know making that come to fruition. But a lot of times it's just, you know, I'll like something. It started off, as I said, with where I was like, I want to modify this Neo Geo Pocket for myself, and then people wanted it. So a lot of it works out that way, where it's like, okay, I want to be able to do this or own this. So I do it, and then it's like, hey, you guys like this? Yes. Okay, we'll make it. Uh, it's less of that anymore because I don't, I don't have as much time for my own projects. I have kind of virtually none. Uh, so a lot of it now. The inspiration honestly comes from like a equi- like some of the equipment we have and the materials. I'll dig through and see what we have and and kind of play with it and and see what happens. You know, see how I can apply to whatever. You know, you know, it's some sort of retroish gaming thing. You know. Which is really cool, and I think it's interesting, too, because you see, like, when you look through your products, you see some of the different materials, and, like, there's influences, and when you look through your gallery of some pieces that, you know, use wood and different things, which I think makes it really interesting to look at. Well, thanks. Yeah, it's, 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 it's fun. You know, it, 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 we get a little out of control sometimes in, in, in the sense that we can't, uh, we tend to not be able to stay focused on a product for very long, which you guys have probably noticed. It's like, oh, we're doing this. We sold some. Okay, next. Um. <laughs> Which is, it's, it hurts us. We're working towards not having that as much. Like we look at sites like the, the analog NT guys and they have one product at a time. They did the, you know, the consoleized MVS systems for a while and then they introduced the NT and there's no more consoleized MVSs. And it's like, damn it, those guys can really focus on one product. Whereas, you know, we do that for a bit and we get bored of it and move to the next thing. So that's something we're trying to work on a bit. So, uh, why, why is that though? Why do you guys feel like you, you jump around? Is it, do you guys just get bored or are you just wanting to try, you know, a lot of new things right now to see what works? Is is there a, a method to that madness? I totally get bored. <laughs> I get bored real fast. I'm bo- I hate that I'm making these Super Nintendos still. They're killing me. I didn't I didn't intend for them to go into production, but actually to be totally frank, we thought we owed a lot more taxes this year than uh the business than we ended up owing. So I was like, crud. All right. I once in a while, I'll make something, going back, I make something to kind of show off so that we get a little bit of press and whatnot, which means people come to the site and buy some stuff. So I made a couple of them to just kind of show off. And then we're like, oh, Kroger, we need some money. Well, these will make some money if we make them, so let me do that. And uh, I didn't design them with production in mind <laughs> at all. <laughs> so they're, they're proving to be extremely difficult for me to put together in any set of, sort of like production fashion like i do a couple whatever i can make some little mistakes and it's not a big deal but doing a lot of them they're you know i run into a, a little problem here a little problem here and it's it's like nickel and dime problems i'm you know they're killing me but anyways we're gonna we don't, didn't end up owing what we thought on taxes but we'd already promised we're gonna make them so i'm gonna make them but yeah i'm i really the fact that they're taking so long i'm bored to death with them and i want to go back and totally start the project over so that it won't be so tedious. Because the reception has been great. It's like, okay, cool, people really want this, and that's fantastic, but they are impossible to put together. And I've had to do like 95% of the production on them, which I try to not do anymore. I have a staff, so I shouldn't have to, but they're like too much of a pain in the butt to to show anybody else how to do. And I was like, you know what, I'll just do them, and we'll get past it, and then I'll come up with a design that we can sell as a kit, and everybody else here can assemble without wanting to tear their hair out. So... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that that makes sense to me. Uh, you know, I get I get bored. I like to to try new things, which is 
why have so many different types of games? Sometimes it's hard to just buckle down and focus on uh, one thing. You're like, ah, there's so many good things, though. Yeah, I can totally appreciate that with collecting. It's like, ooh, I like this. Ooh, I like this. Ooh, I like this. Like, dang it. So when you design, is there anything that you really feel like you can stay focused on because it might be nostalgic from you for when you from when you did collect, or is it just it doesn't matter? It's just whatever seems to spark your interest. It kind of seems like whatever. Uh, I can stay focused on a project definitely through through the development phase. I get real bored when I get into production, which is part of why I have a staff. I, instead of early on, it was like, okay, I'll make three of these, and then I'm bored, and I, I need to do something else. Uh, but now. With a staff, I can, you know, pass things on to them, and and they can they can get many instances done. Hopefully, is the idea. So we often kind of shoot for like the if we're gonna do something that we that's more limited ish, and and we don't plan to do ongoing, we shoot for like forty to fifty, and uh, and that seems to work pretty well. But but yeah, I can totally stay focused through the design pro the design and prototyping and all that just fine because. For me, it's, it's it's exciting at that point because I'm you know I'm coming up with stuff and I'm fixing solving problems in that and once it's done and producible it's like well I, I fixed it <laughs> the problem is solved what's next <laughs> so yeah there's no more designing at that point it's just making it happen yeah yeah that's the manual labor portion and that's that's not exciting it totally isn't yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I feel like it's kind of like you know it's exciting when you get you're collecting and stuff like that and then you finish something and you're like. Cool. What's next? <laughs> <laughs> right. Cool. I'll put them on my shelf and they'll get dusty. Great. I, yeah, I have that problem. <laughs> uh, I feel like you probably have like a system for your cleaning and it's like done in a list and everything, Johnny. <laughs> uh, you know, the it, it's not like as far as like getting keeping the collection clean, it is a huge ass problem. And uh, it. You know, I don't have a great system. It's usually all just manual bullshit work, and I like. I'm always like, okay, maybe, maybe glass. Uh, keeping things behind glass is the answer. That's probably my next step, actually, because I hate dusting more than most things. <laughs> okay, well that's fair. I, I I can see that. I'm like, there's always dust in my game room. It doesn't matter how on top of it. I'm just like, I don't have time to do this. Yeah. No, especially like in Southern California. It, it's hot, so you turn on your air conditioning, and you vent your house, and you open a window, and all that is just like, hey, I would love to introduce a bunch of dirt and filth into the house. And I also have three dogs who are always like, we want to be right next to you, and shed every day, all day, 365. So, you know, it's a problem. Well, but I guess you, you can't win them all, right? No, no, I, it, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's a, it's a small problem to have. Yeah. Um, something Johnny and I were talking about earlier, which you're kind of curious about, is what your demographic is like. Do you tend to get more collectors that, you know, came from collecting retro and love that and kind of want to add these pieces to their collection? Or do you get people that just love video games and think it's really cool? Like, do you have a specific demographic or is it totally across the board? It's fairly across the board. It seems, well, it's kind of tricky because I would say there there are more people who are straight like you know more collectors than players but those are the people that tend to spend more and i become familiar with so saying there are more of them might might not be accurate but there are definitely a lot of people who buy to play and they seem to be the younger crowd like the you know 18 19 through early 20s crowd uh definitely seem to be the guys that buy to play and they play you know and we know because we'll get customer service emails and whatnot and they're they've been playing with it and then we get a lot of folks you know, like I said, the guys that I get real familiar with, the ones whose names I keep seeing coming up on packing slips and whatnot, and I'm like, this guy buys a lot of stuff. What's what's his deal? You know, and uh, and that's how I end up meeting these people. And they're the they're the ones that are least vocal about anything because you know, if anything's slightly wrong with the product, you'll ne they'll never know because they put it on a shelf, which is fair enough. You know, that's kind of kind of what we're going for with our products. But it it does seem pretty across the board. Uh, there are definitely a lot of the uh, 30 and up collector crowd and there are definitely a good amount of the you know early 20s you know late teens crowd who are who are buying and playing it seems like you know it's interesting that you get both though it is i i never would have expected to like as things went on early on i expected there'd be a lot of the younger guys playing stuff because things weren't as complex and thus not as expensive and as time's gone on and time it, you know products have become infinitely more complex and expensive as a result 
I would expect far fewer of those guys. Uh, they seem to complain a lot. They're, they're still around. They seem to complain a lot more about the pricing. Um, those particular folks. And I, I, I get it. I get it. I mean, but uh, you know, it's just how it goes. But, but yeah, um, I mean, it makes sense to me. Like, because your early product line was, like you said, a lot of backlighting and uh, you know, a lot of the Game Boy advances with with the new LCD screen. So that that stuff that mainly a player one. I mean, you did a lot of like. Uh, you know, new shell art and stuff, but really it was more about the, the function than the form, I, th- I think, initially, because I was like, when I was looking at them, I was like, oh, I would like a, a Game Boy with a, a better light system in it, because this is garbage, and also, uh, you know, the SP isn't the most comfortable thing to hold, unless you have tiny, tiny hands. Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly, and like I said, I started, for me, you know, making something for myself to be more functional, I wasn't making a shelf piece for myself. So, where are you guys... Um, now, do you think are you, do you think you're building more more for form or more for function? I think it's more for form at this point, honestly. Okay. Yeah. I mean that that's that's fine with me. I'm <laughs> I'm more about form at this point in my life than function, just because gaming. As much as I love to game, uh, you know, I'm sure you guys can relate. Time is a limited thing, and so sometimes I. I don't have time to go back to every old system and, and play a game. Obviously, I have more games than time. Yeah, and that's the, the guys that spend a lot of money seem, that I've met and talked to. It's the exact same situation. They have kids or, you know, a very serious job that require that consumes a good chunk of their time. Thus, not as much time for gaming. So, which is I think what I associate more with what you guys do. Like I would think of it as a really cool collector's piece that I'd want to have and display, as opposed to something that I'm probably going to play. Yeah, and that's I mean that's kind of what we're shooting for, <laughs> but you know, like I said, there are people who still definitely buy them and, and and play with whatever we make, and that's fine. It's cool. I mean, I'm not I'm not against people playing with it, obviously, but uh, it, it is it's sometimes funny to hear someone uh, have a complaint about something that costs that much money. Uh, and it, like I remember a guy bought one of our like acrylic Earthbound carts and. Or one of the 3D printed ones from years ago, and I, I guess I accidentally didn't design it to fit into a front loader like a toaster. I designed it around a top loader, and he emailed me. He's like, "Hey, when you put this in a front loader, you can't push it down. I forgot. I didn't. I put the notch that you usually put your thumb into to pull the cartridge out in the center of the cartridge instead of offset. I never realized there's a plastic pin inside the the NES that keeps the cartridge from going down unless that notch is in there. Which seems really odd, but anyway, it didn't work in his in his front loader." And uh, he was upset. And I went to myself, geez, you bought a $300 cartridge, and it's like, you know, obviously meant to be displayed, and you stick it in a toaster. But whatever. So I actually ended up making him one from scratch. Like, I went back into the CAD file and, and moved, <laughs> moved the notch over and printed it, printed it and cleaned it up, and, and he was happy as a clam. But he was the only person. He couldn't believe it. He's like, nobody else has said anything about this? We're like, nope. No, <laughs> you're, because you're it. they're displaying it. Yeah. yeah. Why would you... Buy buy it the cheap repro if you just want to play it, and then and then buy this and display this one. Yeah, we've almost joked yeah. about doing that. Like when we sell these games, we should just not put the board in there and just put it into a blank, like a, a regular gray shell, and just pack, you know, put that in a baggie and send it along with the package. <laughs> yeah. So that that's uh, that's pretty funny. Yeah, I would not uh, think to like, especially your guys' early stuff with like the like the Earth medallion in the middle of it. Like I would never shove that into a front loader i know i kind of thought that too and, and when he sent it back i had a bunch of scratches and scrapes on it because it had been shoved into a front loader which yeah. has those metal guide rails and i kind of cringed i was like oh gosh Ugh, yeah what, what a... i'm cringing right now <laughs> i know i feel the same way i was like i don't even want to think about that yeah i was like okay you know yeah so like i said people play them you know. I mean, that's good. I mean, it's good if it can be pretty and functional, though. I think for me, I would just want it to be pretty, and that that's good at that price point. You know, like Johnny said, I would just buy a cheap repro and play that. Right, because they're cheap anymore. Anybody can make a repro. That's not It's not like it was five years ago. You know, you can go on Infinite NES Lives, and, you know, for 40 bucks total investment, you can make yourself a SNES repro card. And then if you want to just buy more boards and stick them into what amounts to, like, a USB flasher, then just keep doing it. Yeah. So... That makes sense. That's what I do for myself. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense to me. I want to know, do you have a favorite project that you guys did? Gosh, you know, I don't know. We were actually talking about that the other day, for whatever reason. Um, I really like the the joysticks, just just because it was, 
it was the first product line that we built completely from scratch. Like we didn't we didn't require any donor stuff. At least used donor stuff. We used brand new aftermarket like NES and SNES controllers. Uh, I like those a lot as a as a product line. I can't think of a specific single product that I like. Uh, as close as it gets would probably be that uh, the Marvelous game because that one I was that one was one of the last projects I can recall where I really wanted it for myself. I I purchased a copy of that game years and years ago, the Japanese version, and was always bummed that. I had a hard time playing it because it's Japanese, and, uh, and when I saw that there was an English translation, it worked. You know, they're working on an English translation, and did a little research and figured out that I could actually put it on a cartridge because I can't. I can't stand playing emulators on the PC. I just won't do it. Um, I was like ecstatic. So that was a really fun project because I got to make something happen that I've wanted to happen for about twenty years. So <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I I have a copy of that game, uh, a player's copy that I, I've been meaning to get to. Just it's it's actually in my to play pile, not in the to display pile. Yeah, yeah. Mine I I probably put about three or four hours into it, and it's hard it's hard it's hard to find time. So. Yeah. So you you don't have a specific favorite. Uh, do you have a specific least favorite? Then is there one where you're just like. I hate you, or is it every project that you're on and you feel like you've been on too long? <laughs> the Super Nintendo project might be coming close to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that we did Sega, no- we had a handful of Sega Nomads, and I think I hate those the most. They're easy to modify, but we were doing all these water slide decals on them to reproduce the, like, the original look with, you know, the graphics on it. And they were just always a fight. Anything with paint is always a battle. And I was stupid and decided to do, we did red and white, like we did red ver- a red version and a white version. And the white, white paint, if you guys have never painted, it shows every single little flaw and defect. So if there are any flaws and defects, you're constantly going back to try and fix them. And then with the water slide decals, you have to, you have to apply those, and you have to bury it in clear coat, and then you have to sand it until things get flush. And it's a process you do quite a few times, like clear coat sand, clear coat sand. And, and it's real tedious, and I, I definitely, screwed up quite a few paint jobs in the process uh, and had to be, you have to start over and there aren't replacement shells for the nomad so it wasn't like the game boys where it's where it was the kind of thing like oh you screw up the paint on this well throw it away and start another one it's like i screwed this up Ugh, i gotta sit there with some sandpaper and then uh, so it's all original parts on that yeah one. so oh. yeah that that uh, definitely adds a layer of challenge and uh yeah like you said there's no starting over there right so I have a favorite project, I think. Oh, yeah? For me, yeah, I do. Well, aside from the Super Nintendo that you hate that you're working on right now, uh, I love I like that. them when they're done, to be fair, but that's fine. Yeah, well, I mean, that, I, the process. I mean, I have plenty of things I love, but I hated while I was doing it. Yeah. You know, that's that's just the nature of the beast. The the Hyper Metroid you guys did with the little stand. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love I love that. I mean, I love Metroid, so. And I missed it when you guys first released it. I was like, Damn it, missed it. Okay, it's sold out. Waited on eBay until one came up, had it on my searches. Finally found it. Paid, I don't know, like $300. Guy sent it. That's what he says anyways. Never came. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, three months of like uh, battling between him and PayPal and uh, some some nasty grams back and forth. Because uh, he thought I was screwing him and I you know, knew I was being screwed. So. Right. Uh, yeah, that was, that's a, n- never got it, but I, I do love the way it looks. That's a, that's a bummer. Yeah, it's still on my save search list now. It, it's, it's, it's back on there. It's like, all right, well, let, let's look for that. I, I think I first discovered you guys, and, uh, I have a few friends who have some of your products too. But I, I found you guys when you were still doing mainly the Game Boy shells and stuff. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. I like the, the designs and stuff, but I'm more of a, a person who collects games than systems, to be honest. So that was like, okay, I, I kind of filed you guys away like, hey, they do some really cool stuff. Maybe when I'm at the end of my collecting, that's when I'll, I'll look into some of this stuff. And then as you guys went along, then you guys started to do the repros, and I thought you guys did an amazing job. And like you said, you were around the same same time as Time Walk. Um, so I'm interested in that. Were Did you guys, you said he came and worked for you. Um, was it like full collaborations before that, or did you guys provide shells? Like, how was how was that interaction between you guys? How did that work? Before that, 
we uh, we worked a little bit on a few things. He had some equipment that we didn't have, so we were making a lot of boxes by hand, like cutting them and scoring them and whatnot by hand. And he had his die press and whatnot and uh, digital press already. So uh, the first thing he actually helped me with was the, I don't know if you remember, the, the Zelda set that had the, the cast the shells. Two games? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The gold shells, yeah, the the two box set. Yeah, it has yeah the the, the cast ones with the logos like uh, recessed, like embossed or whatever. Yeah, 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 love those. Thanks. Those were those were also a really tricky project, but it was a, it was a learning learning experience. But he yeah he printed he printed and cut the boxes for us, and he flashed uh, the chips for us for the boards uh, for all the games, and uh, and then after that he helped us with Secret of Mana two. Same thing. He did the boxes and the boards. And we'd actually, before Time Walk shut down, we'd actually set up a plan where it's like, okay, RCG is going to do like a monthly repro. And what I'll do is I'll spend the first two weeks of the month creating artwork and things like that. And then I'll pass it off to them and they would produce the packaging and the boards and all that. And hopefully by the end of the month, we'd have a, a complete package. But the only one we actually did was Secret of Mana 2. And then they, they shut down. And, uh, and that was the only time we, those only those two games or sets were the only two that we did before working together. And then after that, he he they had he and his partner they actually own a comic shop um, nearby. And Time Walk was like actually just a side thing they had for a long time that they ran out of the back of that comic shop. So after they shut down Time Walk, they went back to doing the comic stuff. That was part of the problem. They just couldn't do both things. Right. It makes sense. Their name. I was yeah. sure it's like a magic card reference. Yep. And, uh, yeah, and they do a lot of magic. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, some time went by, and he eventually was kind of – they got the store back up to snuff because it had kind of fallen into disarray as a result of Time Walk doing so well. And once they got the shop up and working again, he, like so many of us, got bored. He's like, oh, the shop works great. I'm bored. So he wanted to come here and work for a while. So he did. He came here for about – he was here for about nine months or so. And then and we ended up actually with a lot of their equipment and tools and – and we did same, essentially the same thing. He would work on the the chips and how to make certain games, and I would do what I still do, which is work on, out the aesthetics and, uh, you know, essentially still collaborate, but, you know, actually be on the same team, like actually <laughs> physically both yeah. same place. So, um, so yeah. Nice. Yeah, I, I thought that was interesting. I, like, one of the things I did like about them was their... Uh... Their stuff was pretty quality, and I enjoyed that about them. And then you guys too, because I mean, I've had repros from all over, and it's always like, uh, okay, what, you know, you're you're gambling with a lot of those guys. And I know, like, when I go to you, and uh, when I went to Time Walk, that even though it might take a while from Time Walk, at least I knew what I was getting. The there was uh, some care and concern within the and quality control standards within the project. You know, I knew I wasn't just going to get sideways labels and uh, <laughs> bad boards and like. You know, missing screws, which is a, a real thing that happened. I got sent a repro that had no screws in it. I was like, okay, well. <laughs> and you're uh, very picky. Like, I am picky. Yeah, that's that's a true fact. So uh, I'm sometimes a pain in the ass customer because I'm like, <laughs> you, like this, this is garbage. I mean, I I'm just a, of a person who wants to put out high quality stuff and, and gets mad when it's not. And I I look for my same standards and and projects, which is. Why I appreciate you guys because all of your stuff looks amazing and is amazing. Well, thanks. So, yeah. Yep. And and this is just like a side note question for me. Do you guys work at all with Fishy Face Games? Yeah, like a friend how, a friend of mine started that as a side thing, and uh, and we actually house we do like I, he when he started it I was doing well, I still do do all the boxes and things like print, all the print work and stuff for him. So and we store a lot we store all his boxes and whatnot here so he doesn't have to keep them in his living room. Um, that's nice of you guys. I, we got a lot of space, you know, so we're already, you know, so I was like, yeah, and we were printing them, you know, and, and cutting them and whatnot on our die press. So sometimes he comes in and does them his own, like, you know, because why not? It's just come on and print stuff and hit the die press. But, but yeah, they're just boxes. Luckily, they're easy to store. So. The boxes uh, are of a very nice quality, too. I appreciate the cut on them because, like, the original Time Walk boxes were, were too thick, I thought, mm. uh, on Super Nintendo games. And these ones, I felt like... Uh, were just right. Actually, I felt like the weight was a really good weight. Sometimes you get them and they're too flimsy or too thick, and I feel like the fishy face ones are are of a really good uh, thickness. So I'm not surprised you guys are behind it. <laughs> well, thanks. Yeah, it's the same same paper we use for our boxes. <laughs> Go figure. 
Makes a lot of sense to me. Good deal. All right, Kat, what, on the business side, what else do we need to ask? Kat is our business expert, so I want her to... Um, I think we've covered a lot of it, because my biggest thing was, obviously, I'm always interested to hear how it started and how you come up with the ideas and <clears throat> how it comes to life, if there are any materials that you, you know, like to use, and obviously what you guys use is... Uh, really high quality and we covered all of that so I think I kind of ran through my how it became what it is questions okay uh, well let me ask one more businessy question as far as the project you guys work on we touched a little bit on that um, but do, are you the the master of all the projects or do the guys you work with get to come in and you said the one guy gets to sub, he submits some ideas because he's a little bit younger I myself am 37 so yeah I, I miss Pokemon too but is there anyone, do they captain their own projects or do you kind of captain the ship and then hand out direct direction, not directives, but like direction to them? Uh, it's mostly the former there, but uh, sometimes these guys come up with their ideas and in, anymore, I don't always have the time to, to direct everything entirely. Like I, you know, I butt in once in a while and see what's going on. But uh, but yeah, sometimes these guys have their ideas and if if it works out with what we have going on, time-wise and budget-wise... Yeah, it's like go ahead, guys. You know, and we're ha there's more and more of that happening lately. It hadn't for a long time. For a long time, it was, you know, it was 100% me coming up with the, the projects and whatnot, and then and then handing them off to for production. You know, figuring out how to make it make it work, and then handing it off. But a lot of times anymore, these guys have these guys are coming up with ideas, and they're good ones. You know, we can't always do all of them. We have, like, a huge list of things. It's funny, because once in a while, someone's like, oh, we should do this. And I'm like, right, when? You know, like, when, yeah. when do you see us doing that? Uh, and it's like, oh, yeah, that's a thing. But, but yeah, it's neat to see that, and it's good to know that these guys are into it as, as much as I am. And at least a couple guys here are really, really, really into it. So it's good. It's fun. Okay. Well, I, I'll throw one more on your pile of when when are you going to do this one? Um <laughs> I want a, a one-handed, like if you remember on the Nintendo, they had like a one-handed controller. Yeah. That was great for RPGs. Yeah, they had it for the PlayStation yeah. too. I have one for the, the PlayStation. The yeah, yeah, I have it for two. Yeah, yeah. Now I need one for Super Nintendo to play RPGs because you only need like, you know, you don't need the full both hands on the controller for RPGs. Totally. Yeah, they got so, a Doritos so, hand and then... Uh... Yeah, <laughs> right. I, I want to be able to drink and eat while I play RPGs, especially if I'm going to be there for 16 hours <laughs> while I commit 70 hours into a game. <laughs> I think they made so, one, didn't they? I think Hori made I, one, didn't they? Did they? I, I don't know. The problem is I think it's perfectly round. It looks like it's really uncomfortable to hold. I'll have to look oh, yeah, it up again. The, I, the PS one was, was pretty good, yeah. and uh, the NES one was pretty good, too. I have both of those. Okay. I swear I remember seeing one, but it, yeah, like I said, it looks it looks like a hockey puck. It, I'm like that doesn't look that ergonomic. Oh yeah, I yeah I don't know. Anyways, that wouldn't be that hard a thing to do. There's only one piece of logic on this NES board. I theoretically, I, I don't know how hard those PlayStation controllers are to find. You know, it would just require building a board around the design for the the PlayStation controller, the one-handed controller, and a place to plop the uh, the logic for the SNES, and of course, you know, just putting the cord out the back. Just saying, you could theme like three of them, like uh, Secret of Mana 2 or the Final Fantasy Super Nintendo would be excellently themed to go with it. Yeah. Just, just throwing it out there. Johnny's got an agenda. A little bit, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've got, uh, okay, cool. So, uh, and that Super Nintendo, the Final Fantasy Super Nintendo, uh, we keep seeing updated pictures of that. When when do we get that? When when does that come live? Do you, can you t say yet? Um, gosh, honestly, I'm hoping to tomorrow. Like we sort of need to. I've been working on it for a long time, and we haven't had anything else like big project wise. So budget wise, we kind of need to. So I'm hoping like tomorrow or Tuesday we can actually put it up for sale. I have to sort out the price, and I have to finish the packaging, and I have to put the last three of them together. But you know, nothing. Nothing that won't take me days on end. <laughs> yeah. Um, nice. Yeah, I, I'm, like, constantly checking uh, you guys. I'm, like, doing a search on you guys constantly, making sure it hasn't been announced. I'm like, uh, I was on a business trip, and I'm like, if this happens while I'm gone <laughs> and I miss it, I'm just going to be gonna be upset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've had plenty of people say that kind of thing to me, and I always feel bad. <laughs> like, oh. Especially if it's, like, a regular long-time customer. Like, I missed that thing, and it's like, oh. I'm so sorry. Yeah, sorry, but you missed it. A lot of times we'll keep we'll we keep a, a handful around um, for that reason. 
um, like people that you know, longtime customers or whatnot. Yeah, you know, we don't play well, favorites yeah, particularly, to... but you know, people that have been around for a long time and spent a lot of money. You know, I don't want to. You reward loyalty. They they helped you. You like you. Right, exactly. Help them back. These yeah. are a little tricky because I'm only making a handful and and whatnot. But a lot of like the games, we we you know we keep a handful of them around and they slowly kind of get you know sold off and whatnot and traded out. So. Okay. This one, I don't know. I don't think that's going to happen. But anyway, like I said, I'm going to go back and redesign the whole thing so that we can have more of them. <laughs> so it won't be this this uh, horrible labor of love slash hate. Okay. Well, I am, I'm looking forward to it. And I guess, Kat, do you have anything else in the in the questions range here, or should we move on to the the second part of the show? No, I think I'm good. Okay. So in the, in the second half, we, we always ask our two questions. And let me ask now, do you get to collect it all, or is it all just work? No, I definitely collect. I don't get to play a whole lot, but I do collect, that's for sure. Okay, so what is the last game you bought to, to slap in your collection? Mm, I'm trying to think. I buy hardware a lot more than anything. Uh, okay, hard, it could be hardware, too. I, I just recently got, uh, this past week, one of those, I don't know if you've ever seen them, the, the Visteon... Uh, portable. It's a, a DVD player slash Game Boy Advance. It actually has a Game Boy. Advance. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah, I've been I've hunting for one of those for a good year or so, looking for a good price on them. One popped up on eBay not long ago for a really good price, and I, I picked it up. So. Yeah, those those are pretty interesting. They they look like those uh, like radios that you hang under counters in kitchens. Yep, and that's exactly what it is. It go. It's meant to be mounted in like a minivan or an SUV on the ceiling. Oh well, that makes sense. <laughs> In fact, that's the only way you could get them was through a Chevy, and I believe for a short period of time a Chrysler dealership as a dealer installed option. You could not buy them alone at retail. So well, that explains why you don't see very many of them. Yeah, I guess. and they're starting to pop up. So dealer dealerships might must be finally starting to liquidate the things at auction or something. Yeah, they're catching up. Cat, uh, what about you? What what have you bought for the collection? Anything? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. No. This is this is cat all damn month. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Thanks, cat. Really just helping me out here. Yeah, well I figure you buy enough for like you, me, and ten other people, so we're okay. <laughs> that that is the truth. That is uh that is a one hundred percent fact. In fact, yesterday uh I just I bought fifty Vita games, like the other like last week, into this week. And those all just came because I don't know why the hell not Vita <laughs> is uh, pretty much my mantra right now, and uh, yeah, forty Game Boy games or Game Boy Advance games, anyways, because they were all like a dollar each in the box, between a dollar and two dollars, and I, I can't pass up a deal. Uh, I have a problem. I tell you, the price on those, by and large, has really not gone up. Like GBA oh, games, yeah. there are very scant few that are expensive, but boy, they are they are just not going up in price. No, I and they will eventually. One, you know, they'll they'll catch on. Uh, I think really in GBA, it's about kind of cherry picking the right titles mm -hmm. and not just buying the bulk because there is a lot of there's a lot of shovelware. Same with DS. Yeah. Um, oh DS, gosh, the DS has so much so much garbage. Yeah. DS and the Wii. I, it kind of that's why I like the 3DS and the Wii U. I feel like they are far more focused systems without all the garbage, and that's probably because they couldn't get a, enough third party support, but. Whatever it makes for a very uh, refined library. Yeah, I totally agree. The Wii is, is is tricky to collect for in terms of finding the gems. You know, I'll, I'll go to local stores and the used stores, and the collect they'll have just massive amounts of Wii games. And I'm like, which ones do I know I want? I don't I don't even know how to know anymore. No, it, it's hard. There, you know, uh, people are collecting for it more and more now. So some of those like, oh, the, that one looks good comes out now. I feel like mm -hmm. people are more on top of that. But like a year ago, it was like people said there's five good games for the <laughs> right. They're all first party. And now people are like, oh, no, there's like a list. And now now people at least have a list rather than just reciting off the top of their head. Yeah. Yeah, I actually so, follow I, a guy. I think it's Wayne's Games on Instagram. And he seems yeah. to be pretty big in the Wii collecting right now, and he's honestly like my measuring stick for whether or not I want a Wii game, you know? Yeah, he started collecting Wii games, and he told me this, uh, because I posted a, a picture of a large lot of Wii games I had bought, and then he just, like, exploded. And then he he was past me in, like, three days, <laughs> like, every game stop in a 100-mile radius. I saw that. He was like, yeah, I, I drove for six hours a day to get that. I'm like, wow, that's dead. That's 
dedication. Oh, yeah. It was dedication. Yeah, he, he did a really nice job. He sold off a big chunk, and I wasn't – I like I decided to buy a pinball machine and wanted to buy all of his Wii games. Didn't happen. Probably for the best because where the hell would I put them? <laughs> I'm, I'm out of space. Um, unless you guys – you have a big shop, right? I just store my Wii games there. Yeah, sure. With, uh, it's kind of funny. I'm actually of... in the middle of moving, like my family. My entire game collection is here in the shop because I'm not going to put it in a moving van or anything to that effect. Like that is, oh, yeah. That is going to go in my car piece by piece by piece. It's going to take forever to get it to here, all the way here and then all the way to the new house, but eh. So. You know, I did that same thing when we, we moved from our last house here. I literally boxed it all up individually and drove it in my car rather than put it in the moving van. Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ever too many horror stories. Yeah, no thanks. That's it's uh, one of my fears with like a long distance move. Like, well, what the hell would I do with the collection? How would I even do it? You'd have to get a big ass U-Haul, <laughs> and I would have to like drive it myself. Yeah, and then like maybe fly back to get you know whatever else you have to right. get. Well, it'd be worth it, I think. Yeah, I, that's end. probably what I would do to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So uh, that, that's cool to hear that you're actually in like retro shops too, like hunting for games, and it's not just. Not all work. You get a, out there in the field a little bit. Yeah. Although, to be perfectly honest, most of the time when I'm out, I'm looking for stuff for the shop. But, <laughs> uh, but well, while that, I'm there, you know, so. Yeah. You can be like, well, f- uh, one for the shop, one for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's nice. And the other question we like to ask, and it doesn't sound like you have much time to play, but are you playing anything? Gosh, I'm trying to think what I've been playing recently. Oh, I I uh, uh, picked up a copy. I had... I must have sold mine forever ago. I didn't even know. Crystallis for the NES. I, I picked up one recently because I saw um, some uh, John Blue Riggs, I think, posted up a copy. Yeah. He's like, oh, I never played this forever. I'm like, oh, I love that game. And I was like, it's I'm going to go game. play it. And I went to my shelf and I'm like, where is it? <laughs> and I, I, you know, it might be somewhere. I might have two copies now. I don't know. But either way, I went right on eBay and grabbed one. But So I've been playing that again. And also I've been playing Lolo 3 because I never finished it as a kid. And I just picked up another copy like a month ago. So nice. I love that franchise. I really wish that would have carried on into a new console somewhere. Bums. Yeah, it's it's weird. You know, all the shitty remakes of all the games they've made, they haven't hit Lolo yet. You'd figure that would be on there. There's three on the Super Nintendo, or on the NES, but didn't even come to Super Nintendo yeah. at all, right? It's a, nope, not at all. It's, it's weird. Just those three. So. Yeah, it's bizarre. Um, I, and I love Crystalis. It's I told Cat like when we did our like top five, that was in my uh, that weren't like third party Nintendo, Konami, or Capcom games. That was in my top five. That was Johnny's version of a top five with a whole bunch of restrictions. Yeah, you gotta have restrictions with that kind of stuff because well, for me, I would too because otherwise it's like Zelda, Mario three, you know. Right. Then that's what I wanted to avoid. Yeah. Like, same old shit. No one wants to hear that again. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the rare gems videos that still come up on the new ones that come up on YouTube. Like guys, it's been covered. <laughs> there are no yeah. NES rare gems out there that people don't know about. It's, yeah. n- it's hidden gem on the NES. Yeah. Uh, really? <laughs> it's more like, hey, this game is uncommon and, and a bunch of people didn't buy it, so maybe it's good. <laughs> rare gem. Exactly. Yeah, I, I roll my eyes at that stuff, but yeah, that's why I put the restrictions and Crystalis was on there. There's also a really good Game Boy Color version of it too. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that, but as soon as you're saying it, I had I owned that at one point. I don't have I don't have tons of Game Boy games. But that'd be one to pick up. Yeah, it's a it's a good one. One I've uh, taken with me a few times, and uh, I guess that brings us to Cat. Cat, what about you? Did you get to play anything this week? I know your week was crazy. No, I haven't, but I'm hoping that uh, my plan is to be finished work at a reasonable time tonight, as is John. So I'm thinking um, some Mario Kart, which means I'm going to beat John as I always do. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that like enough of that. <laughs> So Mario Kart for you, for me, I, uh, yeah, that's what my wife does to me on Mario Kart too. It's a, we play so she can beat me. Oh. It's fun for one of us. Oh, well. Uh, (laughs) You can't win them all. No, or, or any of them usually, not usually once. Um, what did I play this week? Not much. I was traveling for work and you would think I would have brought a portable system, but I did not. I, I was, I had my Vita packed and I was going to bring it and... Had to leave for the airport at 4 a.m. and then left it uh, sitting on my bed charging. So that was no go. So I played like iPhone games, which was a little bit of Final Fantasy 4 on the iPhone, which is hard to play, and a game called Star Realms, which is like a card game made into an iPhone app. So there it is. No good, no good retro stories there. Hopefully get some gaming in tonight though. It's hard though. 
it's Sunday, so it's Game of Thrones and uh, Silicon Valley. You know, it's like TV night for me. Okay. All right. Anything else you got to throw at him, Kat? No, I think that's everything. All right. Anything you want to throw at us? Anything you need to promote, want to talk about, things we missed, things we should know about rose-colored gaming or you yourself? I'm kind of brain dead. I don't know. <laughs> I can't think of anything, but thanks. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot for coming on the show today. We really appreciate you taking out the time. I know you are super busy. Well, thanks. I appreciate you guys having me. All right, everybody, let's uh, throw out those Instagram handles. Kat, where can we find you? You can find me at Catsylvania, K-A-T-S-E-L-V-A-N-I-A. And Wiggy, where on social media and the internet can we find you? Uh, we're on Instagram. It's uh, just Rose Colored Gaming, one word. And we're also on Facebook, Facebook slash Rose Colored Gaming, one word. We're some other places too, but I can't, uh, I can't, I, I'm not the, I'm not the person who's 100% on top of that. So we, if you Google us, we're out there. But those are the two big ones. So. Okay, awesome. And I am Johnny underscore, or Johnny dot Ayuchi at, uh, I get my own name wrong, Johnny dot Ayuchi at Instagram, and that's J-O-H-N-N-Y dot I-U-C-C-I. All right, everybody, we will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening.